The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. This is the icon, Matt Hardy, the man who is stronger than death, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nad's Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Hello everyone, welcome to the Rough House Podcast, the quarantine house, the fresh cut house. Uh, <laughs> for, for those yeah. with the uh, benefit of video, or, or those without the benefit of video rather, our, our dear buddy Christoph uh, finally took down the quarantine beard and horseshoe. Oh man, it it was it was worse than I had expected. Um, so I took like a couple photos for my own reference of the back of my head, uh-huh. just to see where the line was, yes. and it was dramatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was um, it it was um, hum- humiliating, uh, even though nobody <laughs> really has seen it. I have gone out in public like that, uh, thankfully for the mask situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. One was uh, not I able to sync up who you are. With, right. Yeah. The, the, the face mask really does kind of. Yeah. But, man, I, I didn't realize my uh, my follicle situation was as dire as it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, partially why I wrote that tweet to QT Marshall the other day. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. It, was, it was it was a bit of a flitch. Uh, it was so yeah. bad, in fact. That, How uh, bad fact, was it? I broke my clippers on uh, on my on my uh, on my head. Wow. Probably my fault. Um, I started with a one. Uh, probably should have started with a, a three or four, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. worked my way up to the one. Shorten it, and then then come but in for the clean clothes. It yeah. the the silver line. The good thing is, yes. at least I did my balls first, so <laughs> they're taken care of before I can get a new set of yeah. clippers. Well, th- well, there you um, go. That's uh, you know. Huevos. There's your. Uh... <laughs> There's your headline for this episode. Married for five years, you still got to keep, uh, oh, yeah. you know, keep, yeah. keep the the prunage uh, in order. It's it's just uh, it's just being considerate. Yeah, that, pretty that's, much. That's I mean, really, what it is? You know, we're going back to, to Stone Ages. We don't need to go back to the '70s muff bush style. <laughs> uh, although sometimes, if I'm uh, if I'm watching a video, sometimes I enjoy a, a good vintage. 70s 80s video and you get a you get a you get a nice um flowing bush down there and it's like okay i could uh i feel I could, like there's I, been a bit of a resurgence that. in that 
Like the yeah. you know, uh, some some have. Uh, I mean, it's not as it used to be, where it was just like, eh, that's just who you are. Go with it, you know. Yeah. Um, th- th- there's there's definitely a a uh, a presentation to it. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's it's definitely um, it's far beyond the uh, s- s- people were clearly lasered down there before shooting, uh, as as yeah. it was, you know, for let's call it most of the aughts. Um, I mean, and even I think the '90s was the decade of the landing strip. Yes. Um, yes. So if, if I, I, what wasn't Sable's uh, spread in uh, Playboy landing strip? Uh, uh, situation I, I, there, I if I recall you're correctly. Correct, but I also believe I read somewhere that they tend to um, digitally mercanize uh, the mm. photos because you know the, they've always sat in that realm of um, let's not show off uh, the Arby's. Let's in, let's instead hint toward it. You know? Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. By the way, this is, this is this is a great episode where great start of an episode where we're talking about sexual assault for like yeah, thirty the, minutes. Welcome to the pube house. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> I I imagine the editing room at Playboy once they became digital became sort of a thing like a uh, um, uh, mission command for NASA, where Hugh Hefner comes in is like enhance and then like, <laughs> zoom in on the bush or yes. zoom in on the labia uh, yes. yeah. aria. Yeah. And he's like, okay, uh, you need to you do the Tribbley's hairs down. I don't know what voice that is. It's not Hugh Hefner, <laughs> but uh, it's it's almost Lord Michaels. <laughs> it, it was, it was. <laughs> that that's how I imagine it being, and the the stress of being that person um, who is tasked with uh, with editing, photoshopping, yeah. zibush uh, yeah. sounds like a wonderfully terrible job. That that reminds me, uh, re- related slash unrelated. Uh, I know we have a handful of female listeners, so please uh, jump in on this. Uh, I've always been confused by this. Uh, I I used to work uh, for for those who live in our region. I used to work in Towson, and uh, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Towson uh, there was a salon on the street uh, or just down the street from my office, and it advertised quote unquote Brazilian blowouts. I know hmm. what a blowout is. I know right. what a Brazilian is. I don't know how those two can work together. Think Marge Simpson. Okay. <laughs> and we'll just, you know, they'll dye it blue and then they'll, uh, they'll, they'll bush, they'll bush it out. It'll be, it'll be wonderful. Could you imagine going down, uh, you know, getting a, getting, getting a, a lovely, you're just, um, you're just met with the shrubbery, a, a lovely female back. Uh, kind of like, oh God, like, uh, was it the naked gun? I think it was a naked gun 33 and a third. Yes. Is that the one with the Anna Nicole Smith? Yes. When, uh, he takes and you get the silhouette and then the boing pops yeah, yeah, up, yeah. but instead of a dick, it's a big blue bush. Yes. Yes. Anyway, there you uh, go. Uh, I, I, I'm Marty. That's Christoph. Um, <laughs> this and, is the pube house. Yes. Where, here we go. Uh, uh, a, a, uh huh. b- b- I will just say this very quickly before. Before we dig into the week that was, a uh, happy Father's Day uh, to those uh, in, in the listening area who is a father, whether you are a father of uh, a human child or a pet child or uh, whether you have a good relationship with your father or a father-like figure or you just raised your own damn self because they weren't around. Uh, a happy day to you. Um and to segue that into a group of people that we hope are never fathers. Yes. So... Here's how here's 
I would pull a curtain back a, a little bit on this show. It's something we do Cur- regularly. It's, it's it's not like we're you know we we uh, hold uh, the the process of the show um, as as some sort of sacred thing that that the uh, audience is not allowed to go into. Nor do we really think highly of this show. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> look, we know what we are. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> We, it's a, we it's just, a fun hobby. We, just we get spent, to talk about wrestling and talk to each other. So yeah, that's, we spent uh, six minutes talking about pubes. So you know, there yeah. we go. Um, yeah, that's that's the joy of this. So I don't know about you, Chris, but I know, and and this is just the way my brain works. As the week progresses, and it's probably because of the fact that I, you know, put together a whole bunch of links for us to possibly chat about. As the week progresses, I start thinking, oh, okay, this is what this week's show is going to be about. I so you know it started with oh okay we'll talk about backlash and how the greatest wrestling match ever wasn't necessarily the greatest wrestling match ever but hey, it turned out okay or or like how Bobby Lashley and and Drew McIntyre could actually have a really good match if WWE didn't insert WWE style booking into it and then you know as the week goes on it's like oh okay well we'll talk about uh, how uh, for some reason Raw this week was built around. Christian, Ric Flair, and The Big Show, and how that unfortunately ties directly into the lack of future planning conversation we had the week before. Or we could talk about, uh, you know, someone turning out to having uh, COVID-19 and then revealing it literally as Raw went off the air. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> all of the back and forth about, you know, how they needed to do testing and how that affected uh, the the taping and probably you and I, you know, standing on our respective soapboxes and saying shame on you, Vince McMahon, and, and, and all of that. Yeah. Or but How they uh, lied in a press release about social distancing. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, the normal. But... There would still be that that golden nugget at the end where where we were either a going to talk about the return of New Japan, yes, or we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite because I think we both enjoyed mm-hmm. this episode quite a bit, um, and I'm sure later on in this very same episode we will talk about those things. But then uh, Wednesday happened, and Thursday happened, and Friday happened, and the rest Man. of this weekend happened. Um, Seems like three weeks ago when it when it all started. Uh, I know the, the 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 concept of time has been kind of exploded by uh, yeah. by this quarantine by this pandemic, um, and I can imagine uh, for as difficult as it was as a fan to be watching this process, I cannot imagine what it was like for um, either those implicated or those doing the implicating. Um, mm-hmm. it was not a great week. So for those of you who have been under a rock, welcome. Stay there. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. You're better. Sorry. Off. The roughness of, of the, uh, the sunshine is about to hit you right in the eyes. Um, this started Wednesday with, uh, a man who, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we have a vague connection to here on the rough house. That is an ID that I think is definitely going in the trash can. Uh, David Starr of indie wrestling fame um, was uh, implicated by a female fan uh, named Victoria uh, for uh, gender. I, I, I don't want to go too far in depth, but um, the, the high level version of things was uh, implicating him as being emotionally abusive, physically abusive and sexually abusive. Um 
it's not a good tandem. No, no, it's it's not it's, the trifecta you want there. No, not at all. This is this is not an Eddie Guerrero uh, three amigo suplex. This is not the trio you want. Um, and uh, that seemed to be the tip of an iceberg. Uh, that that seemed to be the shot across the bow that uh, inspired others to stand up and speak out. And and have their uh, opinions, not opinions, rather their stories heard. Um, so uh, David Starr ended up posting a very lengthy reply uh, in the form of Apple Note screenshots, the official way to explain anything on the internet in 2020. Uh, do and then there was a promoted tweet involved in there as well, which yeah. is the least tactful kind of way. Yes. To handle a situation like this, but uh, he um, he in setting an unfortunate trend that would persist in the responses throughout the week, uh, accepted his uh, his part in things. Uh, also wrote a letter that seemed to implicate uh, the accuser. Also wrote a letter that seemed to gaslight said accuser. Way to prove mm-hmm. her point. Uh, mm-hmm. And also threw up the hands of. But hey, I'm in therapy now. So it's okay. Yeah. All that's a big no. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Uh, speaking as someone uh, who, A, has been in therapy, and B, uh, I'll just say it, I, I'm on a antidepressant. I'm on an anti-anxiety med. Um, I think it's really shitty when confronted with um, really heinous actions that people just kind of go, well, you know, I'm in therapy now. Because I, I feel like that that... I mean, credit where credit is due, persist and and get the help that you need. But I feel like when so many people just sort of, you know, latch onto that as like, well, I'm mentally ill and that's why I did these things. Yeah. It's not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse <clears throat> and it sucks and, and it's not cool. And uh, I, I will say that that irked me uh, because, you know, that hit home. But mm-hmm. um that's not to say the other things didn't irk me. And like I said, this this was the tip of the iceberg. Uh, over the past four days and counting, uh, the hashtag speaking out uh, has become uh, a, a, a home of dozens, if not at this point, hundreds of stories implicating uh, people in the professional wrestling circuit. And and let it be known, this is not the only fandom, this is not the only bit of entertainment yeah. who has had this type of reckoning, A, in recent memory, but B, this week. You know, yeah. yes, we can point to Me Too, but, uh, you know, there are people in music who are being outed this week. There are people in comic books that are being outed this week as um, using their positions of importance or power, however relative they may be. Because in some instances, we're dealing with guys and gals that are, you know, they, they just happen to be the trainer of some podunk indie, indie. Right. And we have others who are new WWE main roster talent. Um, I'm not going to talk about everybody here because, A, it's incredibly depressing. But, B, uh, I, I don't necessarily want to implicate those who have not also engaged in the conversation themselves. Um <sighs> But the the high level folks who have been implicated and uh, and also responded thus far uh, include um, current NXT cruiserweight champion uh, Jordan Devlin, 
who co-champion. Uh, yeah, co- sorry, co-champion, right? Uh, who <laughs> don't uh, invoke uh, my Santos Escobar. Yes, yes, charade. Um, sorry, it's not a charade. It, it's yes, serious. Yes, um, he has uh, he has said he is uh, seeking a legal response and denies accusations. Okay, cool. Still um, under uh, employment by the WWE, yes. though. Unlike somebody yes. else, <laughs> like Jack Gallagher who not only did not respond to anything in a public setting, but was let go Friday night by the WWE without so much of a good luck in your future endeavors. Um, Which seems... Not the gentleman after all. Yes, which seems to indicate where that Mm. sits in terms of uh, uh, truth or or not. Um, We have Matt Riddle being implicated uh he has since through a lawyer who apparently prints statements on cd labels um he has issued a statement that apparently the the person who accused him uh is a stalker um and has he had made wwe aware of this in the past um and the fact that they aired his match on SmackDown uh, tells you where they're sitting with this. Uh, I will say um, this does not address subsequent people who have come out with texts and images and conversations with Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. So let that sit wherever you want it to. I, I, I do want to say uh, for me at least, and, and Chris, you can uh, add your, your feelings on this. Uh, I am in the, unfortunate in-between seat of a i feel we should believe those who are coming forward and i'll talk more on that in a minute but b um you know the the standard rubric of uh innocent until proven guilty we we should believe sure. the stories that are coming out but we should uh allow the appropriate processes to occur to discern the the truth of the severity of those stories if if that makes sense I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it's a it's it's a weird line to walk right now yeah. because in a lot of these uh, uh, stories, from what I can tell, um, there have been no police reports filed and no paper trail. It's right. it's essentially come down to you know her word versus his word. Yes. Um, and, so, and, and 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 to that, you know, I'm I'm sure. Uh, there are those um, who can jump in and talk about the police statistics of uh, how these type of accusations are or aren't handled. Uh, they can talk about, um, you know, the process and that sort of thing. Um, and, and even some of those who have come out have come out and said, I am not sharing this because I want to specifically, quote unquote, cancel this individual. I'm not speaking out because I want them to lose their career. I am speaking out because the culture itself has to change. And that right. is the core of all of this. Um, and and I'm, I'm sorry that we're kind of digressing here. There's just a lot to deal with. The, the other individuals I think that are, are worth mentioning uh, are Laguero from uh, NXT UK, mm-hmm. um, who... Uh, it's always a great look when uh, you post your apology and you have a fellow NXT UK roster member in Kaylee Ray calling you out for your shit. So awesome. Uh, and Joey Ryan most recently, which uh, he posted uh, an extremely lengthy, extremely detailed uh, statement 
blaming it on his quote-unquote rock and roll lifestyle, which caused one Joseph Q. Janella to jump in and tell him he's full of shit. And um, that's going to never go. Never want to mince words is yes. Joey Janella. Yes. Uh, I mean, there, there are others and there are other stories. Uh, but like I said, those are the ones that have officially uh, both parties have addressed it. So that's uh, Cornette. Uh, well, Cornette says he's going to address it on his podcast on Monday. Uh, of, so. of course he is. Of course yes. he is. Got to get those clicks. Yes. Uh, the cuck of Cornette. Um, yeah. So okay. So so we'll, well, let's talk about the problem at large here. Yes. Um, is that it's the the culture of the pro wrestling locker room um, now? You know, neither of us are pro wrestlers. No. I had a cup of coffee in a locker room or two mcw ring of honor that i'm not saying that qualifies me to to speak on these uh situations but from all the stories we've heard over the decades of pro wrestling being this big organization is that you know you it's the boys club and Mm -hmm. you know there's Mm -hmm. all these unwritten rules and you know signs of respect and stuff like that and you know you you've heard you know, there's a, the Macho Man, Stephanie McMahon, uh, urban legend. Or Macho and, Man and Miss Elizabeth and their relationship. Um, yeah. And Dark Side of the Ring is bringing some of this stuff uh, into the into the general uh, pop culture right. Um, right. atmosphere. Right. So, you know, a lot of the stories that we kind of wrote off as urban legends are slowly trickling to be known as true or at least corroborated mm-hmm. um, because in a lot of the cases, the people involved are no longer here due to the other bad uh, rap pro wrestling gets is the, uh, the the high mortality rate. Right. So if there's the, there's this 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 culture like we keep saying that this locker yeah. room culture, it's yeah. just a. Kind of way the business has been, and it's top down. It's from WWE all the way down to your your local smallest indie. Um, you know, where people and, 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 and uh, I, I should say we are not trying to necessarily implicate our local smallest indie. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, this is a blanket statement. Exactly, <laughs> uh, because I, I certainly hope that there are uh, that there are shining examples of locker rooms all throughout the country and throughout the world where this is not a problem. I would hope so, uh, but again, and um, and 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 to that oh. point, because I feel like it is it is so many times the argument about these sort of things. Like, it, you know, we, we we start talking about all of these wrestlers who are a problem, or all of these men are a problem, and someone has to speak out and go, "Well, I'm not that. I'm not that. You should not say all of them are that. We're not saying all of that and they're that." And and congratulations if if your rubric for "I'm a good person" is I have not held power over someone, sexually assaulted them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've literally met the baseline for being a decent person. Yeah. Like, you you do not deserve a pat on the back, a chip on your shoulder. This is about shining a light a on the... cookie? This yeah. is too. Yes, yeah. yes. This is about shining light on the cockroaches. You don't shine light on cockroaches and go, well, these other bugs are cool. No, you try to eliminate the entire problem. Well, like, no bugs are cool. <laughs> I don't like bugs. <laughs> like it's not, not it, uh, sorry, as you were. The, the, no, I, no it's it's you know, I don't I don't know what's what what's to be said aside from like you just said. It it all comes down to being a base uh, uh, um, um, a decent human being. Yes. Don't be a dick. Yeah. No, don't uh, uh, don't uh, don't take advantage of other people. Don't assault other people. Don't um, you know gaslight other people. Don't. Yeah. There's a there's a long list of things to not do. 
Uh, and it all boils down to don't be a dick. Be yeah. uh, helpful and kind to others. Don't be selfish. Um, and don't, uh, you know, send unsolicited dick pics. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, even to that point, uh, I, I think it also speaks to a need to speak out about these things. I mean, th- we're talking about this in the context of professional wrestling. This is clearly not just a professional wrestling scenario, whether it is, like well, I said, the the, U.S. girls gymnastics team. I mean, uh, come yeah. on. There's Well, I, I think it goes even beyond that because. Everyone has stories like this, and they have stories about the rumor and the hearsay and the back and forth, and, like, this type of shit doesn't just happen in a WWE locker room. This type of shit doesn't just happen in in, in NWA Power, which is a company that now doesn't exist anymore because their writer doesn't understand boundaries. Uh, Like... I, I can say from my own personal experience, I remember hearing stories about a kid I went to high school with, like our senior year, having raped a girl and it not being talked about. And there's part of me that's like, that's fucked up. But am I complicit in having heard that story and never saying, hey, what the fuck is the deal? Like, it doesn't just live in a locker room. There are situations in life I, I, I'm... I'm sure that there are people who work for like a TGI Fridays in Topeka, Kansas, who can talk about their asshole boss who oh. tried hitting on the 20 year old or pulled okay. his dick out in, in the prep kitchen. And the restaurant business is a fucking cesspool of sexual predators. Yeah. And I don't uh, think it's just there. I good think, God. I th- and it's not well, to that's say- just from personal experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, not from doing it, but from being around it. But what all this <laughs> is about that. isn't to sit there and say, well, all the women are trying to bring men down because that's what some people are taking away from this. Or these women are, are trying to trying to build their, their notoriety and take someone down uh, at their expense. Here's a hint. No one's making money off this shit. No one's yeah. getting paid for this shit. No one's life is going to be better for speaking out. All you got to do is look at the comments of these threads and know that there are people who are trying to look them up and dox them and share their details and do all of this shit. Or they will respond to every tweet they ever posted and just haunt them because they spoke up and spoke out about someone that there was a fandom for. No one is doing this for gold fucking star. No, but I will say there's probably some catharsis involved in finally getting the story out there. Sure, but it, it, no one is walking away from this necessarily having their life. My job's done here. Yeah, now skip to the loo, my darling. Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. Not no, no one's life is significantly enriched or embittered by doing this. They are right. taking a harder path by doing so. That whether yeah. they're a professional, uh, a female professional wrestler who is now going to find it harder to get jobs because they were the one who spoke out. Or they are a fan that is going to be most likely spoken of poorly in locker rooms for years to come. Like this, this all boils down to the need to speak up and speak out. And it's not just those individuals who had the bad things happen to them. It's the other people who saw it happen and didn't step in and didn't say something and didn't get involved. And that's, that to me is the takeaway from this, that it isn't just on the individuals who do things. It's on the individuals who let these things happen. And that's not me victim shaming. It's me. It's me shaming 
you know, like the, the Matt Riddle story, the details that came out were about like other dudes in the car that were there or, or the number of people who win, you know, X person or Y person has been outed. They go, Oh, I've heard for years that they've been a bad guy. Well, why the fuck didn't you do something? Yeah. That to me is, is, is what this should be about. There needs to be a, a, a seismic systemic change in how, um, you know, people are encouraged to speak out, how the accusations are handled, um, and then how, you know, in certain cases, probably most cases, criminal, uh, charges should be explored. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, I don't have all the answers. Um, but you know, it's kind of seems, I don't know, 2020, (laughs) <laughs> the year is fucking wild, as we keep saying yes. uh, jokingly. But, you know, underneath the pandemic and everything else, it kind of seems like there is this, I don't want to say revolution, but uh, 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 it, it's uh, a much needed reckoning with how we treat our fellow humans. Yes, much, much overdue, um, you know, when it comes to to healthcare and, you know, police brutality yeah. And you can you we can spend another hour going down a list of things um, that needs to change, mostly in this country. Um, you know, not it not every other country has everything right, but I don't feel like <laughs> I don't feel like many other countries have so many things wrong as yeah, uh, yeah. as the U.S. of A. Uh, right now. Right. So it 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 feels it feels like there's this groundswell of support for for this stuff to. Ch- Change and maybe it's a generational thing. You know, we make the okay boomer jokes, and then you know. But then again, some of these people that uh, have been implicated are younger people, younger than you and I. Right. So, and, and, and some of those also f- have flown the flag of being really woke and progressive. And right. And you know how the Bernie uh, Sanders of pro wrestling. <laughs> exactly. And and by the way, that is not for me to shoot down necessarily the movements and the beliefs that they stood up for. No, 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 no. Yeah, Just, yeah. you know, uh, practice I, what you preach. <laughs> it, exactly. And I recognize everyone's got skeletons in their closet. And I recognize that everyone has bad days and bad moments. It's about owning those. And it's about not letting those bad moments outnumber your good ones. Yeah. Uh, to that point, uh, a, a bit of credit. I know I saw some people kind of like, um, you know, wringing their hands and that sort of thing. Uh, Jimmy Havoc of AEW was also one of those implicated. And mm-hmm. uh, beyond his own assault issues, there was clearly a, an issue of um, self-harm and uh, substance abuse. Um, I don't believe that this story ends with Jimmy Havoc retaining a job for for or for or in the professional wrestling business i certainly hope it doesn't because i think that guy needs to get away from all of this but i will give credit where credit is due i feel like and this this may sound dramatic i think if aew just cut the guy we would be having a very different conversation about uh the life of jimmy havoc i gotcha um I think it is a positive decision for them not to simply cut bait and to, you know, put him in counseling and rehab. I'm not saying that's going to resolve everything. I'm not saying that that answers everything. I'm not saying that guys should have a job after this. I'm saying looking at that situation and realizing there's something proactive that should be done beyond just severing ties. 
should be looked at as a positive move. Now, has AEW made any kind of statement on the allegations uh, rendered against one Justin Roberts? None that I've seen. seen. None that I've seen. Okay. So we will see. I mean, obviously, my bias against Justin Roberts is well documented on this show. Right. However, you know, I would, like we said earlier, there needs to be a process of vetting these accusations, whether it's internally with. Than AEW and yeah. the cons lawyers, who are probably people you don't want to fuck with, if I had to guess. <laughs> right, you know, right. you don't get to be that rich uh, without having a, a strong legal team uh, in your in your back pocket. Yeah. So so yeah, um, you know, I would I would like I would like these companies uh, and a lot of the indies have been pretty good at being transparent and yeah. severing ties and putting out their own Apple notes, um, so- sorts of releases. Yes. Some of them actual, like, you know, on letterhead and stuff like that. But, you know, I would like something from WWE, um, aside from the blank, you know, yeah, the, their, their comment was not great. Um, uh, the way they put it was, I'm, I'm pulling up their exact comment. Individuals are responsible for their own personal actions. WWE has zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence, child abuse, and sexual assault. Upon arrest for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately suspended. Upon conviction for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately terminated. WWE's ability to fine, suspend, or terminate a WWE talent will not be, however, limited or compromise in any matter in the event incontrovertible evidence of such illegal misconduct is presented to WWE. That's a long way of saying uh, we're not taking responsibility for this. So what was the, what was the first line about being suspended? Can you read that back? For uh, me? Yes, sorry, uh, I I just closed it because <laughs> oh, I'm dumb. Sorry. Um, uh, upon arrest for such misconduct. Upon arrest. Okay. A talent right. will be suspended. Upon conviction, they will be immediately terminated. Huh. I will say uh, Jack Gallagher just went straight to being booted again. Uh, I, I don't know what conversations were had. It might have just been, uh, you know, canning <laughs> semen on the telephone uh, to, to Jack Gallagher. Hey, Jack, yeah. is this true? Oh, oh, blow me. It is. And that was it. <laughs> like, like uh. I, I think, unfortunately, that may have been how that one went. Well, <laughs> well, you know, you we got to cut you, Jack. I hope you hope you weren't still paying off payments for that chest tattoo. I'm sure, uh, you know, he'll end up in a Guy Ritchie movie at some point. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, it, it's 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 just so it's just so disappointing. And it sucks. Everything and, about it sucks. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's it's not it's not just a pro wrestling issue. I mean. I, I just was thinking about this and, and, and thinking about, like, you know, there have been stories for decades about countless things like this, whether it was, you know, and some of them even get told in, like, these crazy fun ways. I mean, the entire VH1 behind the music empire was built around, oh, man, this band was on top of the world. They were banging groupies everywhere. Like, yeah, and how many of those were legal, you know? Well, yeah, they're... There's the there's that side of it, but there's the the consent most likely was there at least one hopes yeah one hopes well I mean you know I mean there's also like urban legends like the the Led Zeppelin shark story and and things like that and it's just like these these things get talked about and and put on this pedestal of like you know the the mythology of rock and roll or the mythology yeah. of Hollywood and 
and no one was it was a motley crew who had the uh the the sex den under the stage right uh right. you know it may have been motley crew it sounds like a motley crew sort of thing i'm not sure if it was or not but there was definitely that that and uh, if everyone's consenting well. adults yes it's okay it's cool i'm not gonna yuck anybody's yum but like <sighs> there's it's just so kind of fucked up in retrospect to sit there and go like it's men we <laughs> men <laughs> penises were a mistake all right yeah. whoever <laughs> evolution okay <laughs> not not rick flair and central age but uh yeah penises were a mistake that's yeah. that's pretty much what it comes down to yeah it's just it's 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 a very rough time but i am hopeful and maybe this is this is uh, some of that uh, Marty uh, un- undue optimism. Mm-hmm. I am hopeful that the industry that comes out of this, that the locker rooms that come out of this, that the the community that comes out of this is one that is bettered and stronger for it. That's my hope from this. That especially when we are in quote unquote a women's revolution in professional wrestling. Um, I hope that they don't have to keep their guard up so strong just to exist yeah. in that field. Uh, I mean, that goes for any field for fuck's sake, but well, and, and then, you know, and then you think back to the, the Moolah stories where yeah. it's not just men who are committing these atrocities. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you just help each other out, you know? Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I uh, just, just don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. Uh, don't, don't do that. It's not good. It's not good for anybody. Okay. So you want to pull up and, and talk about some New Japan? Yes, please. Okay. All right. Usa uh, at RoughHouseSGW if you have thoughts, comments, etc. Um, giving people the real Twitter account on that one because I, I, I think I, I honestly think. Um, you know, this is this is something people should talk about. Uh, you know, this this isn't necessarily something that just should go unnoticed. No, that's how you get to the next level. Change is, exactly is by talking about it. Exactly. So, so speaking of next levels, uh, yes. we're into round number one of the New Japan Cup after what three and a half months, one hundred and ten days, days. one hundred ten days, yes. of no action yeah. in uh, in Japan for Not New good. Japan. Not going to front, Chris, that New Japan uh, opening video for the Together Project show. <laughs> it got gotcha. dusty. It got a little yeah. dusty. Um, whether it was everybody cutting their promos about how we're going to be back, we're going to be better than ever, we're going to do it for you, we're going to do it for the fans, or the, the little video insets of the fans themselves cheering on the return of professional wrestling. Yeah, that was, was like th- This is pretty cool. So, yeah, Monday kicked off the return of New Japan, the K- Together Project show. Which basically was just a bunch of house show tags, but goddamn, yeah. did we need them? Um, as we tend to do here, uh, we we like to give those of you who do not watch the shows in full or watch live, kind of the highlights of what you should check out. Uh, definitely the six man tag main event uh, was worth checking out from that one. Um, I am struggling to remember all of the members in that match, but it's okay. I'm bringing. I believe it, up. it was uh, Naito. Uh, oh, um, Naito, Shingo, and Hiromu. And Hiromu, that's right. Yes. Oh, man, Oka- what a trio that is. Yes. That's a dream team. But speaking of a dream team, on the other side, you had one just yeah. as good, Okada, Sho, and Yo. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. uh, which was super great, and it was a reminder of how fucking awesome show and Yo- or excuse me, show and Shingo are as opponents. That Man, right tomorrow, there, tomorrow, baby. Yeah, tomorrow's show is stacked. By the way, Monday's Monday's show for the New Japan uh, Round One matches is is hella stacked. You get a you get a Ibushi match, you get a Tana match, you get Shingo and Show, um, and then. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll bring up the full listings. We can, yeah. we can talk about those. Uh, and... Taguchi, I think. Yes, um, we got a little we got a little bit of everything going on. Um, so let's see, New Japan uh, Monday the twenty second. Tanahashi versus Taichi, Kota Ibushi versus Zack Saber Junior. Yes. Taguchi versus Sonata and Sho versus Shingo, and then. Yeah. Some random tag match, which probably ties in with the Tuesday uh, show. Right. So if you haven't caught these yet, what they're doing um, is for these New Japan uh, Cup shows is there's four tournament matches and then there's a big, uh, um, you know, tag with the people who aren't in the other matches, uh, kind of like the halftime sort of thing. So they, yes. they do. So you start with two matches, they do the tag, and then they take an intermission for their safety protocol of cleaning um, the ring and wiping everything down and, and yeah. re-sterilizing everything. So they take like a probably 15, 20 minute break yeah. um, to do this. It's in the middle of the show. The shows are around two hours total, I yeah, think. Very so they're brisk very watches, easily digestible. If you want to watch the full thing. Right. Um, but uh, it, it's also interesting just sort of talking about the cleaning protocols and, and, and what have you is uh, in the tag matches even, not everyone's yeah. standing on the apron. And yeah. those who are off the apron are socially distancing. And yeah. literally everyone who is not quote-unquote performing at that time. So your uh, your ringside crew, your camera people, they're all masked up. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it's just, uh, the referee and the performers in the ring are the only yeah. ones not wearing masks. Um, yep. and if I'm not mistaken, I think the ring announcer wasn't even physically there. I think he just was like over the PA. Uh, he was there cause at the start of the show, he ran down the cards. Okay. Um, but I think he was, he didn't get into the ring That's to do the, uh, announcements. Oh, yeah. and, and there is the fun of the socially distanced, um, announced team, uh, announced team. Where there's literally two people at a table and a video screen in the center for the third person. Well, the third person is farther out of frame, though. So they're all there six feet apart. But in order to get the three shot in frame, they they threw a TV in there, which I thought was pretty, pretty clever. Yes. Uh, And I will say, uh, if you need the English commentary, just a heads up, it's only Kevin Kelly. Uh, So if you saw like the the Super J-Cop shows, it's uh, Kevin Kelly yelling into a void. So. And, you know, Kevin Kelly's fine at that. Um, sure, he works sure. better bouncing off people, I think. But, you know, uh, it, it was fun. I found the volume a little bit off, too. Yeah. Uh, he was really loud in that mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I personally was watching with the Japanese commentary, but that's just as we've discussed. I'm super into the Japanese commentary. so I enjoy it as well, but I kind of I, I kind of wanted like a refresher on some of people and some of the yes. storylines and stuff like that. So that's why I went for, for the Kevin Kelly there. So, but uh, yeah, yeah the, go ahead. The new Night Japan... number one. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the New Japan Cup kicked off proper on Tuesday. Uh, and, uh, the opening match was Togi Makabe, one of the grumpy new Japan dads going one-on-one with one of the young lions in Yoda Suji. Um, I thought this was actually pretty darn good. Suji's got a lot of fire. Uh, 
I mean, it was a given that Makabe was going to go over because, you know, yeah. he has real tights. <laughs> it's kind of a kind <laughs> of a, a clear New Japan distinction. But uh, yeah. Suji's going to be real good real soon. Yeah, I mean, the what? I think uh, two or three uh, Young Lions matches that we've seen so far. All the guys have the stuff there. It's just working on getting everything uh, finally tuned it all together um to get to that level when i guess um, how is it determined when you know they're done their dojo training and then go off for excursion is it a time is it a a level of uh skill uh achieved i I believe that works i believe it's a mixture I, i don't think there's a clear delineation of okay you've been you know a dojo boy for two years or you've been a dojo boy for 16 months and it's time to you know head to mexico or uk or whatever i i think it's um i think there's also a degree of uh how the crowd reacts to you because i i I, it feels like shota umino for example shooter shooter he it feels (laughs) like he got kind of fast-tracked and not just because he's red shoes kid right well Um, you know getting the rub from mox definitely helps yes and uh, again, I, I know Renarita as well. I, I I know I've said this to you multiple times. Uh, every time I see a photo of him on his UK excursion, that dude looks like a star now. Like he's yeah. ready. Like he he kind of looks like he might be Tana's kid and not not Red Shoes's. But you know, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll get the paternity test somewhere down the line. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. the New Japan Cup rolled on. Toru Yano going against Jado. Uh, Yano oh, going man. over. Yeah, comedy wrestling does not work in a vacuum. Not, Holy balls. Not great. It was bad. No, it wasn't not great. It was bad. It was flat out bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, Giotto, you know, we, we joke about Ishii being able to move, uh, but Ishii gets shit done. Giotto is legit fucking waddling around, and yeah. it was it was, it was was sad, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he really it, should only be... Uh, you know, on the uh, outside with the kendo stick. Exactly, exactly. Master he, he, he does not. He does not have the uh, Gato Memphis skills to be able to. To we'll get to Gato and Okada yeah. in a couple minutes. Yeah. Um. But uh, basically, like the first thirty seconds were like silly and fun, and then you go, "Oh shit, this is going on for more than thirty seconds, isn't it?" Yeah, this should have uh, been one of those quick, uh, quick shoot wins that they do from yes. time to time. Then we had eight-man tag, hinting towards what would be coming up the next day in the New Japan Cup, as it was Suzuki-Goon of Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Taichi, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Yuji Nagata, and Yuya Imura. Uh, this was this was awesome. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this a lot. Um, Sabre and Taichi just fucking up Tana was awesome. Yeah. Um, I think we're probably going to get a tag title match with uh, the dangerous techers, as they're calling themselves, of Taichi and uh, Zack Sabre okay. Jr. Um, I, I feel like we're getting a tag match with them against uh, Tana and Ibushi for the tag belts. I had forgotten that Tana and Ibushi were the champs until they came out. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Cool. Um, the, the, the belt's not held by LIJ currently. <laughs> oh. Yes, or held by uh, G.O.D. as they have been for the better part of, let's call it, two years. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Basically, it also just boiled down to uh, your murder grandpa and Suzuki and your favorite murder uncle in Nagata getting all up in each other's shit, which, well, that hinted towards great things. Um, We had the hype video for The Way to the Grandmaster, which is 
uh, as we talked about briefly in the Patreon exclusive episode uh, when the, the video got released, um, it's apparently Quato coming back from uh, uh, Mexico. So he's, okay. he's got a Chinese gimmick, which is interesting because Chinese and Japanese have not traditionally been super into each other. So I guess it might be a heel like martial artist gimmick. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see where it lands. Hiromu Takahashi proved without a shadow of a doubt he could carry Chris or I to three stars as he <laughs> wrestled the shambling corpse of Tomaki Hanma. <laughs> yeah, another one who can't really turn his neck uh, <laughs> either way. Yes. Man, yes. New Japan is where necks go to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I appreciate the fact that Hanma still has a job. I appreciate the fact that... Uh, Hadma uh, does like these spots and these eight man tags. Him being in a match was a scary prospect. Yeah, and there were some spots where I definitely was like, "Oh, he legit killed him!" Like the fucking DVD uh, on the apron. On the apron. Yeah. Um, great idea with a guy with a broken neck. But then again, he was going against a guy with a broken neck. Uh, I, I think. Yeah, it was the the battle of the broken necks. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, Hiromu carried his ass, <laughs> and uh, literally and yes. figuratively. Yeah, and it ended up actually it being was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. It, it sounds like we're damning with faint praise, but considering it looked like on paper absolute drizzling shits, no, yeah. it was it was actually kind of fun. But then we had the main event, and Ooh, you know, I've always thought El Desperado had a really cool look. Yeah. I'm full on the El Desperado train after this one. Bulk Dude, that boy up, up. like yeah. Get get him the Billy Brexit steroid platter. Let's get him to heavyweight because I need more Ishii Desperado matches. Hell this yeah. ruled so hard. It was, it was perfect. It was kind of, you know, between that and um, Suzuki Nagata, it was just just that strong style, uh, you know, scratch that needed itching. And it got there. It was fucking really fun. Yes. Ishii, you know, we thought we were joking that maybe, you know, he'd have full range of motion in his neck. Uh, <laughs> no, not so much. He still looks like he's walking in constant pain. Yes. Um, even after yes. three months off. But uh, but man, when the bell rings, it just fucking all the pain goes away and he just starts murdering people. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was doing like uh, some neck selling uh, or was it knees? There was some sell in that match where it was like, oh, Ishii's legit hurt. And then I realized, oh, shit, he's just selling really, really well. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it was the knee. Yeah, it was the knee. Uh, but uh, just a really dope match. Um, that More than anything else on this show, that's the match that you need to seek out and watch. Uh, El yes, Desperado and Ishii, very, very good for the first round. Uh, then on Wednesday, we rolled on into the next show of the New Japan Cup, kicking off with Taiji Ishimori defeating New Japan UK Young Lion, Gabriel Kidd. Um, it was fine. I, I, I don't really have a, a lot positive or negative to say. I, I think Kidd's gonna, uh, going to be good eventually, but he's not mm-hmm. quite there yet uh, as some of the Young Lions. But also, he's one of the newest Young Lions, so... It yeah, and reason. I'm a you know admitted mark for Taji Ishimori, so I was happy yes. to see him back. Uh, but looking more forward to seeing him in there with somebody who at his, is at his level and can go. Yes. Then we had uh, Kanemaru against Yuya Umura. Uh, again, you had a, a junior taking down a young lion, but uh, Umura, it it was really underlined to me in this match than the day before. Umura is fucking huge. He big, he big boy. He. <laughs> Full-on Swole Patrol. He, he did not miss a day of workout during uh, nah. during quarantine. Unlike Tana, who was man enough to post his 
uh, <laughs> his ballooned up weight and then him wow. dropping literally fucking 30 pounds in like six weeks. Like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm, and unlike Tai Chi, who yes. gained 30 and did not drop any. Uh, <laughs> he, it, it's funny. You, you messaged me about that. There was uh, I, I saw some screencasts going around of the like subtitled promos uh-huh. and everything. And he was legit talking about how he bulked up for Tana and he's pissed off that Tana then got uh, uh, got slimmed skinny. down. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tai Chi's okay. playing into it. He's, he's self-aware. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, we went to our random six-man, or so, sorry, eight-man tag. Goto, Yoshihashi, Sho, and Yo against Shingo, Evil, Sonata, and Bushi. Um, this was fine. Uh, yeah. You know, Yoshihashi still looking like he just woke up minutes before the match. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect description of Yoshihashi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 no, the, <laughs> the only thing that really did was... Uh, just get me more hype for show and Shingo. So. Yes. Yes. Which is really the key thing here. Yeah. Um, continuing on, uh, we had that way to the Grandmaster hype video, but it's okay because the next match was super fucking hype. Nagata Suzuki. Man. Suzuki Just... turned 52 on Wednesday. And I think Nagata was already 52. I think they were yes. both 52 when this match uh, yes. happened. And it's just too. 52-year-old Japanese tough guys just slapping the shit out of each other. Yeah. And it was glorious. Not uh, There are no high spots. There's there's, uh-uh. there's not much really to speak of in terms of the action. It was very straightforward. It was very simple. But it was just like, I'm going to hit you? All right, cool. I'm going to hit you harder. Oh, well, I'm not going to hit you harder now. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Let me let me ramp it up. Like, there, there was just some good old stuff. Thank on every single punch, every single kick. Uh, it ruled. <laughs> it was beautiful. It, it, it was art. Yeah. If you just want to see an old fashioned shit beating, that's what this was. <laughs> it was. It was great. And then uh, the main event, Okada versus Gato. Unsurprisingly, Okada going over here. Um, this was just overbooked and ridiculous. This was like the most WWE New Japan match I've seen in maybe ever yes yes it was all about gato pulling out brass knucks pulling on the ref uh hitting low blows like it it was just like i'm gonna do everything i can to cheat and that was your match it worked because it's okada yes yes exactly (laughs) do you know what it takes to beat okada (laughs) a lot exactly exactly um but yeah i i thought it was I thought it was fine for what it was, but by no means is is, is it like a match that you have to see. No, very skip it. I'm actually yes. encouraging you skip it. Yeah, yeah. So because <laughs> it may sully your opinion of Okada. <laughs> so basically, so far, watch the six man tag from Monday. Watch Ishi Desperado and watch uh, Suzuki, Suzuki versus Nagata. Nagata from Wednesday. And of course, we're back on Monday. But guess what, Chris? We got some bonus shows. Uh, starting oh, not yeah. this coming weekend, but the weekend after, uh, as on Friday nights, Lions Break Collision will be hitting New Japan World. That's the uh, Los Angeles U.S. tapings that they did a few weeks ago, including Filthy Tom Lawler. So yeah, that should be fun. That should be fun. I'm looking forward to that, except for TJP's involvement. But you know, <laughs> he's gutter slime. TJP, the only person to speak up in the speaking out movement to get shouted down. Yeah, <laughs> that's nobody that, likes TJ. That's legit true. He he was like, "Hey, look, you know, there were like some twenty somethings who took advantage of me when I was 17. And clearly, people are like, "Shut the fuck up, TJP." Yeah. 
<laughs> Although in one of the greater things of the past, uh, you know, year, a uh, few people dislike TJP more than Kevin Owens. Uh, <laughs> just if you go through Kevin Owens likes on Twitter, there's a lot of TJP shit talkers that he liked their tweets yeah. of. And I just I, I, I love that passive aggressive uh, action there. Yes. So yes. cheers to you, Kevin Owens. But I also enjoy the positivity that Kevin Owens will bring to our lives, especially at times like these when he's just like, here's the sign for the cat restaurant that my daughter made. Yeah. Yeah, or just photos of his cats, and yeah. I'm, I'm very, very much here for those. So yeah, all right, Canadian treasure, Kevin Owens. So with almost an hour in, uh, now would be the time where we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars. Chris, have you seen both Dynamite and NXT this week? Marty, I have. Okay, tremendous. Do you want to talk about NXT or Dynamite first? Yeah, we'll go NXT first. Okay. <sighs> this was a rough watch. <laughs> the- <laughs> Is, with, is this where we talk about the uh, rumors of Vince McMahon allegedly getting involved in NXT? Because uh, it kind of would make sense. I have no idea where you would get that, such as storylines being dropped so we can have a winner-take-all match, a guy throwing up on the ring, and just the assorted bullshittery that is Finn Balor continuing to shoot. Oh, single promo. he's throwing out, you can stop being marks for yourselves and be marks for me. Yeah. And then Johnny Gargano, oh, my name's not Mark, it's Johnny. Oh, God. Fuck that segment to hell. So, the show kicked off in a way that I think would amuse our dear friend Christoph. It was Brizongo getting their tag title shot against Imperium of Marcel Barthel and Fabian Eichner. Uh, Brizongo living up to their claim that they will be Siri. Uh, Siri. They will be silly until they hit the ring, and then then they are serious. So they came out as Marsupial and Fabio from Emporium. I mean, you know, that's fine. Their gimmick is is fun dress-up guys, so I'm fine with it. But, like, they they lived up to their claim, and when the bell rang, they got fucking into it. I enjoyed the match. Yeah, no, it it was really good. Uh, I'm actually pretty glad that... uh, 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 Imperium retained the tag belts because I think those guys have high, high, high upside. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I was wondering for a little bit if they were going to transition belts off of Brazongo. But uh, this also was basically an indication of what will probably be a uh, big, crazy uh, four man tag at an upcoming takeover because uh, Indishir and Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch got involved toward the end. Yeah, which, you know, overbooked uh, sort of thing that you didn't need. That could have happened after the match. Yeah. But whatever. Uh, the match was good as it lasted. And, yeah, I'm sure, you know, if you get more Malcolm Bivens on your TV, you're you're going to have a good time. Yes. Then we had a promo with Velveteen Dream. Oh, we didn't even talk about his. Well, yeah. Um, here, here's what I will say. I was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio uh, before we uh, went on for our call today to record. Um, what Uncle Dave said was, well, I guess we'll be talking more about that on Thursday or Friday. So something's uh, happening. Okay. All right. Anyway, the whole idea there is uh, Dexter Loomis drew a pretty picture of uh, him and Velveteen Dream as NXT Tag Team Champions. And Velveteen Dream's like, there's a misunderstanding. I'm a solo act. It's not going to happen. There's, there's nothing between us. So okay. what they're saying is is they're going to be Dream tag team champions they're going to be the tag team champions yep <laughs> uh okay. damian priest went against killian dane didn't see that wasn't on the hulu cut yeah you missed out on nothing turns out <laughs> when when they decide to make priests a full-on face they forgot to put the personality back in 
Ah. Not very good. Then we had a disheveled Robert Stone coming out. Didn't see that. Bottle wrapped in a paper bag. He ended up puking on the ring, of course, during the match with Aaliyah and Zia Lee. But hey, Aaliyah won. Oh, Zia Lee. I like Zia Lee. Yeah. We had a vignette with Timothy Thatcher stretching and torturing people during a seminar. Yeah, these... They work in theory, but I... They're all close-ups. Like I, I, you didn't really see anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I it didn't really come off. I think how they planned. I don't know what the point of it was. I really don't. It's weird. Um. Then we had a pre-taped segment where the undisputed era was taking Roddy Strong to therapy. Oh man, this was some serious fucking Vince McMahon level shit. Like it. It really was, and I will. You know, uh, lemonade out of lemons. Give the give the nod to Kyle O'Reilly here, because um, I did giggle yeah. uh, at him once or twice. But just the whole thing, just kind of stunk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly's disguise was hysterical, but yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought it was overall very dumb. Uh, we had Adam Cole walking backstage when he got confronted by Keith Lee, and Keith Lee told him he was going to be the person taking the title belt. Well, Cole then came out to the ring for a promo, which was basically just to build up the uh, winner-take-all match, which coincidentally will be happening on July 8th, which I'm sure oh, has nothing gee, to do with I wonder what else is happening July 8th. Fighter Fest. Um, oh. There's going to be a triple threat match next week for the North American Championship between Keith Lee, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano. Winner will face Adam Cole on July 8th. Um, and where does Karrion Cross come into play here? He was literally tossed away in uh, Cole's promo saying that uh, Karrion Cross has to work his way up the ladder. Sure. Yeah. That'll Real, happen. Real dumb. Although, although later he got called out by Bronson Reed, so we're getting that match next week. I'm fine with that. Yeah, happen toss around the big man, the thick uh, boy. Yes. Dakota Kai defeated Caden Carter, as apparently we're still doing the Caden Carter and uh, Casey Catanzaro against Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai feud, which they just randomly decided to throw together. It was what it was. Didn't see that. I don't think there was any women. No, wait, there was the main event. Aside from uh, the main event, there yes. was no women's anything on the, the uh, on the Hulu cut. <laughs> Not surprised. Aside from Scar- Scarlet um, yes. bending over the broken uh, hourglass, yes, doing her weird finger hand thing. fall and pray, thing, Chris. Thing. Fall yeah. and pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, great. We had a vignette talking about Mar- Mar- Mercedes Martinez, so she's coming back to the show. Yep, didn't see that. <laughs> Uh, Bronson Reed defeated Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff, yep. man, he just gets fucked up. To, he is the storyline punching bag <laughs> of NXT. Yeah, pretty much. He's the Spike Dudley. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just gets tossed around. Yes. Um, and then, like you said, Bronson Reed challenged Karrion Cross to a match next week. Uh, then we went back to the NXT parking lot, the most dangerous place in professional wrestling, as someone had slashed Damian Priest's tires. Oh, wow. How, man, if you want to get to somebody, you really want to stick it to them. 
slash their tires because this is 1985. Yes. And every, <laughs> everything sucks. Yes. So someone slashed Damien Priest's tires. This causes Cameron Grimes to drive up in another car and make fun of Damien Priest before driving away. In turn, so it's Cameron Grimes. <laughs> we're getting Cameron Grimes versus Damien Priest next week on NXT. Great. Probably will make the Hulu cut. So I'll Santos see Escobar. Yeah. Out for a promo. Talk about the legacy of El Hijo del Fantasma. It's one handsome fellow. Yes. Uh, said his, uh, Escobar said his father Fantasma said he was going to be a leader, not a luchador. So now it's about building that legacy and building that group. He's going to teach Mendoza and Joaquin Wilde how to be leaders. Uh, and here comes Drake Maverick to get in his face. It's all really ended with uh, Santos Escobar shoot murdering Drake Maverick with the <laughs> Phantom Driver off the stage through a table. Yeah, but like he not much of that table though. No, no. The only the only part the only reason the table got broken is because of uh, Santos Escobar's uh, dunk. Yeah. Because uh, Drake did not hit that table one bit. Straight concrete. That was brutal. Yes. Um, I will say Escobar a solid uh, English promo. Yeah. Yeah. Very good so, promo. Uh, yeah. I, I like him a lot, and I like how he's building basically his own faux version of Lij. Cool. I'm yeah. for it. Let's do it. Totally cool with it. Um, Just don't sign Shingo. Yes, yes, don't sign him away. Also, Shingo, don't sign. Don't sign. Don't do it. Then we had our main event, which was for the NXT Women's Tag Team title, Sasha Banks and Bayley defending against Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. This match fucking ruled. I loved this match. It was really good, yeah. Um, I hadn't seen much of Bayley and Sasha recently due to my lack of watching the main roster, but uh, they're gelling pretty nice as a tag team. Bayley dose straps up in here. Oh god, I hate that name. Um, <laughs> I I just liked the the way that it came about. Also, uh, I realized it didn't talk about when it happened. When they actually won the belts, uh, Bailey was walking away from the ring carrying both belts, yelling, "Oh god, they're so heavy!" It was the best thing ever. Good for Bailey. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. good for Mad Angry Pam yeah. getting angry, out angry there. Angry Pam's really doing the Lord's work right now. She's like yeah. one of five people I can point to on WWE and go, "They're doing they're doing it right." Good, good. No, uh, uh, Shotzi and um, Tegan looked mm-hmm. good in there, uh, too. I think this is match. probably one of the best matches for Knox so far. Definitely the best match Shotzi's had in NXT so far. Yeah, yeah. There was there was, uh, there was a lot of good stuff in there. I, I did enjoy it as well. But then we had the post-match, which made no fucking sense to me, Chris. Oh, yeah. Io Shirai came out. Io Shirai came out, beat the fuck out of Sasha and Bailey, and raised her belt. Okay, so fantasy booking time. Yes. You book Io Shirai versus Sasha and Bailey, winner take all, and Io Shirai <laughs> walks around with fucking five belts. Like the Photoshop Triple H photo of him with all the titles. <laughs> That's Io Shirai from here on out. You know, she's... I, I, I said for the longest time that uh, <laughs> that Bugenhagen, or sorry, Rick Boogs. The would... Boogs, the Boogen. Us. Yeah, I, I said for the longest time he's going to be the first ever solo men's women's WWE tag team champion. <laughs> I'm cool with EO being the first ever solo women's tag team champion. Fuck yes. Yeah. I, I just want to see EO Shirai draped in all just, the gold. You know, well, that and just shoot murder, you know, shoot murder Sasha and Bailey. <laughs> I mean, I, I also do kind of like the idea. If if that's the direction they're going in, which they probably they're are. They're definitely not. Yeah. But if that's the direction they're going in, I would love for the idea being EO going, you two had the best match 
in NXT Women's History, I can do one better. Like uh. I, I, I think that's a great idea, a, a great way to make that match happen because they they still talk about. Sasha and Bailey being the best women's match in NXT history. So it would make sense that EO's like, look, I I beat Charlotte. I got a belt. Like, now I just yeah. need to take you bitches down, and I'm the greatest NXT women's wrestler ever. Which she probably is. Yeah. yeah. No, I, <laughs> I I would say she she's it's her Oscar, really. Like Yeah. Um Man, when that match happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that'll be dope as hell. Um, but all in all, at the time, it was just like, why is this happening? This doesn't make because yeah. it wasn't even like Tegan and Shotzi were getting beaten down. Like they lost, and that was it. And then here right. comes here comes EO, and it's like I, I guess it's a this is my house sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Now, just kind of a fun note to mention: um, Charlotte Flair. This was the first NXT that she was not on in weeks, and so that's that's done. Well. We'll see. But what I can say is the ratings improved without Charlotte Flair and the biggest ratings win for NXT throughout the entire night was this women's tag match. Well, that's good for them. Yeah. And especially going up against uh, both Orange. Well, I didn't know Orange Cassidy was in that match, but yeah. uh, OC and Jericho. Yeah. So, you know, that's a uh, that's a big that's a big uh, feather in the cap for Paul. Yeah, if if I'm Bailey and Sasha, it's just time to walk around that locker room with big swinging dicks. Just like, uh, I'm, yeah. yeah, they're the draws. That, that's pretty much what we. But can not say right not now. actually with their dicks hanging out no, because no, that no. would be see the first half hour yes, of this podcast. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> so AEW Dynamite came figuratively to us, dick swinging. Yes, AEW Dynamite came to us live on tape from Daly's place. Uh, kicked off with an NXT World Tag Team Championship match with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page defending against the Nightmare. What the fuck are they called? The Nightmare, Nightmare Family. Nightmare Family. I think that. I feel like they have a different nickname. Nightmare. Night, uh, American Nightmare. No, Night Night uh, Nightmare. Fact. No. Natural Nightmares. Uh, that's what natu- they call. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall with Brandy Rhodes and eventually Allie <laughs> as well. Uh, this match was really, really good. Except for the except for the, the distraction finish. Yeah, yeah. Except for that, but this yeah. match was really good. This match makes me want to see a twenty twenty five minute Dustin Rhodes Kenny Omega match. Hundred percent uh, agreed. Because those two had a hell of a rapport in the ring, uh, you know. Aside from Kenny bonking Dustin unintentionally with his knees getting out of the corner, yes. Uh, but they had some fire, man. That was some good stuff in there. And of course, Paige uh, getting his shit in too. Yeah, QT Marshall was there also. And and QT Marshall, uh, let, let's be honest, dude hangs with them. Like no, you, you can make fun of his look all you want, as well. You and I should. would, um, but he can hang. He can go. It, it's just. You know, he's got a very silly look, um, but uh, very much enjoyed that. And also something that happened in this match and also happened in the second hour that I very, very much enjoyed was they now have this ticker on screen that shows you the results of AEW Dark. Yeah. So now Dark counts like yeah. to the to the non-viewer like it's, it's and, actually and, an important thing. And they mentioned, um, you know, during that match about the ongoing story. Uh, of uh, dis- not dissension, but uh, struggles within the natural nightmares between Brandy and Dustin and Allie mm-hmm. and QT as we've been following the story on dark over the past couple of weeks sort of yes. thing. So yeah, they're, they're trying to make dark more of a, uh, you know, a thing. Yes, very much so. 
Uh, so we got a preview of the rest of the card, and then we had a segment which, Chris, I'm going to point to, especially considering our podcasting network cohort. This is how you book a swerve, ladies and gentlemen. So we came back from commercial, and we got an Anna J promo package talking about ah. how she's the star of the show, and uh, hey, you know Anna J has shown she's very athletic and shown she's very athletic. So I was very much looking forward to this, and I assumed by the way that the show was being promoted that it was just going to be a squash for Anna J because they never said who she was going to get. Anna J will be making her dynamite debut or whatever it was in action next. Yes, so. Anna Jay comes out, and weirdly enough, no jobber entrance for her opponent. The other person gets an entrance, and it was Abaddon, this creepy zombie chick who had worked one match on AEW Dark previously. She uh, went against Hikaru Shida. I was excited because she just has a really unique look and everything. I was like, oh, cool, she got another shot. Not only did she get another shot, she absolutely squashed Anna Jay. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Did not... uh... Would not have seen that coming uh, had I not already known about it when I watched it on Friday. But (laughs) yeah, it was uh, that was that was a swerve. Yes. Turns out this was a debut segment. Turns out this was a squash to put over a new star. Turns out that new star is Abaddon. Holy shit. Yeah. No, she I I, like the look. I like the way, you know, it translates to her in-ring style of yes. kind of being all crouchy and creepy and crawly. Yes. Loved it. All for it. And then you had the post-match, which I also really liked. The idea that the Dark Order isn't just, you know, all dudes. Yeah. As the Dark Order came out to console Anna Jay. Uh, also, Colt Cabana was being handed an envelope by Evil Uno. But uh, 5 and 10 helped uh anna jay out of the ring into the back so it looks didn't like brody didn't brody lee give him the uh envelope or was uh, it evil no. it was evil Uno. uh brody oh, okay. was on the stage okay um I but mean. uh basically it looks like anna jay is going to the dark side and if that means she's going full zatana i'm here for it yeah let's fucking let's get weird guys yeah let's fucking go let's do this um but uh, again i i very much enjoy the fact that they are expanding the Dark Order angle, that they are giving mm-hmm. the women storylines that aren't just we want to fight for the championship. Like, there's there's something there, and and yeah. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, then we had MJF against Billy with Austin and Colton Gunn. Um, I've realized some way, somehow, maybe it was the random U.S. shows he did, Billy Gunn has become the U.S. equivalent of the New Japan Dad Squad. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that about Billy Gunn. But he's just a big, beefy boy who clearly likes dad jokes and is there just to have competitive matches to get young talent over. That's perfect for him. I'm I mean, totally really. into it. And I will say... Um... MJF was really good in this match, too, yes. in terms of the, uh, you know, the shithead heel and the selling and stuff like that. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was very fun. Uh, it turned into uh, a, a bit of a, a schmoz towards the end is uh, Wardlow and the gun kids got into a whole thing. Uh, Billy Gunn went after Wardlow because of that, threw him into the barricade. But while. Uh, while that's happening, um, Wardlow tossed the ring to MJF so MJF could hit Billy Gunn with the ring and get the one, two, three. Yeah. 
yeah. believable way for a M- person the size of MJF to defeat a person the size of Billy Gunn. Yes. Now, of course, we have all those fans on the outside, and MJF was looking to leave on the face side of things. Mm-hmm. So who got in his face but Jungle Boy? Mm-hmm. And then that led to Wardlow getting in the face of Jungle Boy, which led to Luchasaurus getting in the face of Wardlow. And this just turned into a big pull-apart brawl. If the, if you're telling me that Fighter Fest will now have Wardlow and MGF against the uh, Jurassic Express, I'm super stoked. That sounds fucking I, awesome. Yeah, I would hope so. But what it leads to in the interim is uh, Jungle, or not Jungle Boy, uh, Luchasaurus versus Wardlow in a Lumberjack match yes. on next week's Dynamite. So that should be awesome. Yes, very much looking forward to that. Alex yeah, they've Mark- been sowing the seeds of that of those two having a match for quite some time now. Yeah, so I, I believe much- uh, I believe actually that exact match, like the lumberjack match, was scheduled for like the first post pandemic um, dynamite. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we're running that back. That was also supposed to have the Lucha Bros uh, best friends parking lot brawl, which mm-hmm. I'm very saddened we didn't get. But yeah, you know, we got the future. Um, Alex Marvez was backstage with Jericho and Sammy Guevara, really just uh, putting over the tag match. I'm still mad that we didn't get a fired up uh, Chucky e. T promo about how they're going to beat the shit out of uh, uh, least sex gods because no one fucks with OC and etc. But that's just me. Um, yeah, Jericho making his juicy dad jokes. Yes, yes. Blood's thicker than orange juice, Chris. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, um, yes, I didn't know that actually. Tony Tony did an interview with Britt Baker. Uh, Britt Baker, who, by the way, had been passing notes to Tony on commentary all night long through a ridiculous pulley system. Yeah, it was pretty uh, funny. In, in, including the best note uh, during the Abaddon and Jay match. Tony just goes, I've received a note from Dr. Britt Baker, and I quote, this girl need Jesus. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah, the, the Britt... Baker stuff continues to be uh, pretty pretty solid. So she was sitting on the, in her role model wheelchair on the back of the the cart, whatever yes. you want to call it. Not quite the, a golf the Rolls cart, Royce. Yes. Um, so she's doing this interview with Tony. Tony says something to upset her, and then she puts uh, she puts them on a friendship timeout. Yes, and <laughs> then uh, she calls for Reba Rebel mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. roll her away, and. Uh, Turns out that A, Big Swole is driving, and B, she's a big fan of the Undertaker Stephanie McMahon abduction angle. Uh, she goes, Where to, Doctor? and drives yeah. off with her. So I uh, did love the camera set uh behind the steering wheel to yes. get a to get the first person shot there. That's some good work there. Yes, yes. I, I, I enjoyed that as well. Um Cody and Arn Anderson came out. Um Cody was getting prepped for the open challenge said, uh, you know, the air is thin and it's lonely at the top. He's going heel. Mm-hmm. And he said, when Jake Hager was beating him down last week, where was the elite? Where was the nightmare family? I guess I'm on my own. He scratched his face with four fingers. And, um, uh, then Arn Anderson said, you know, um, timing is everything and, and what have you, but, uh, I got you a great challenge for tonight. And they had teased that the man going for this uh, title shot was someone outside of AEW. And Warhorse. He, yes, yes. I would have loved for it to have been Warhorse, but instead it was from NWA, formerly of NWA, the quote-unquote stroke daddy himself, 
that was his nickname there. Yeah. Stroke Daddy? What does he just love jerking off? Uh, I, I think or I have no idea. Have but strokes? Nevertheless, he has a new nickname. He's Absolute Ricky Starks. And not only did he get a nice sit-down promo, it, it sold me on him because I hadn't seen his NWA work. It sold mm-hmm. me on him within seconds. Yeah. This Dude. guy, he's got the look. He can talk. Uh, I, I, like I said, I don't really know his nationality, but looking at him, I'm like, he's fucking Cuban Okada. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's who he is. <laughs> I'm for it. Yeah, he's got, he's got the charisma. The it uh, factor, if you will. Um, so, yeah, the promo alone, fantastic and sold me on them as well. And then the match, it wasn't super long. I think it went under 10 minutes. Yes. But it was really fucking good yeah. uh, with Cody, you know, being the more aggressive Cody, as we've seen over the past couple weeks. And uh, Ricky Stark showing his uh, acumen in the ring. I mm-hmm. was I was fully on board with him. Yeah, and, and the finish was definitely one of those, oh, just caught him in the crossroad. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, it could have been anyone's game. Uh, the fun postscript about this is, A, uh, Ricky Starks is now signed to AEW. And yeah. B, uh, as was revealed later on in the week, the reason why Ricky Starks got signed, because this was supposed to be a tryout match, and they were going to see what happened after that, uh, between Tony Khan and the other EVPs backstage, they all kept starting pitching long-term booking ideas for him. (laughs) So literally the moment he came back through the curtain, Tony Khan offered him a deal. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Lock that guy down. And, and honestly, I will say there's a few guys, there's a few guys, especially, you know, um, I, I hate to take a, a situation like the NWA one as it is, but with the NWA dis- dissolving as it has been as of this weekend, um, there's a few people there that if I'm AEW, I'd look to pick up. Uh, a Thunder Rosa would be a great pick. A Sienna would be a great pick. I was telling you this. I think an Eddie Kingston would be an awesome pick. Like, yeah. Um, I, I think now's the time, especially with a few of those women, because well, they're they're down a uh, Chris Stat and they're down a um, a Britt Baker right now. So, yeah, that's true. And a couple, you know, like. I don't think uh, there's Yuka Sakazaki and there's um, Riho, who we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Are they out of country? Yes, they are in okay. Japan. Only Shida okay. moved to the States. Gotcha. So, okay. um, yeah, so they're down two more. So Yes. Um, then we had the you young got Danny Buck- J there, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And she is on Dark this week. Um, yeah. We got the that's Young like Bucks. Dark this week. Uh, we, yeah. had, <laughs> we had the Young Bucks in a handicap match against Kip Sabian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and redacted, <laughs> Mister Black. <laughs> um, no. This was a this was a really good, really fun match. Uh, I will say, I, I definitely noticed that uh, Matt and Nick hit the Kamigoye for the finish. Yeah, what that's about. Um, but uh, really, it was just to turn into a whole big schmoz with the Butcher and Blade, who are now dressing like if Wes Anderson did it, an adaptation of a clockwork orange and <laughs> FTR getting involved. Um, it, it was a whole thing, you know, with the, the bucks and uh, FTR doing the whole, anything you can do, I can do it better by yeah. spike pile driving the blade and the butcher respectively. Um, I, I thought it got a, a little lost in the, the weeds there uh, with that angle toward the end. Um, but the match itself was perfectly fine. I enjoyed the match quite a bit. Dude, uh, Nick Jackson, best hot tag in the business. Yes, yes. I don't think there's any any denying that. Like he comes in with, with just a uh, sprint of cardio and fire. I, I love it. You love to see it. Yes, hundred percent agreed. And we threw it back to 
I'm just going to say it. A guy who's becoming my, one of my favorite talkers in pro wrestling, Taz and Brian Cage. <laughs> on the uh, underpass of 95. There. Yeah. They got to find some new shooting locations because yeah. the, the around the stadium shots are not working for me. Yes. Um, the promo was great, though. The promo was great, including Taz calling out Moxley. Says, you are a miserable son of a bitch. That was my gimmick decades ago. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the lie. <laughs> but then Cage actually cut a pretty decent promo about how he can't wait for Fighter Fest to take down Mox. And in uh, a bit that, you know, every time he does it now makes me smile because I know the origin of it. Because it's a, a shout out to Chris Canyon, who helped train him. Mm-hmm. He said, nobody better than Cage. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing the the who better for, for a bit now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. GMSI, get my shit in. Yeah. Uh, he's got he's got all kinds of nicknames. Yeah. I, but I, I didn't realize he was he was doing the shout out to Canyon. Canyon yeah. really, really was one of those guys who um, I think time uh, has revealed him to have been horribly underrated in his time and um it's it's cool to see guys giving him credit now uh that went to another pre-tape promo with john moxley talking about how he has bad demons and only beating up people in the ring will keep at bay so basically you just got two guys are going to beat the shit out of each other at fighter fest yeah you could i mean i'm already sold on the match so (laughs) yes you know um we uh, we got the uh, match lineup train for next week on Dynamite. Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy. Brody Lee and Colt Cabana versus Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss, which is a match I didn't know I wanted, but now that's going to happen, I'm very much looking forward to. Um, yes. The aforementioned Lumberjack match with Wardlow and Luchasaurus. FTR against the Natural Nightmares. Looking forward to FTR getting in there with Dustin, and hey, yeah. Kiki Marshall's going to be there too. And uh, John Moxley will be in action with Taz on commentary. I'm sure Cage will be nowhere to be found. Yeah, yeah, nowhere to be found. Definitely not running in. Uh, I will yeah. say it's been added subsequently that there's going to be a uh, sit-down uh, confrontation between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. Okay, all right. I, you saw my face when you started saying yeah. sit-down confrontation, and yes. then you said who it was with. So I'm like, okay, yes. this could work. This could work. So uh, JR then threw it to Tony Schiavone. He was getting us an update on Big Swole abducting uh, Britt Baker. Uh, it turns out uh, Reba uh, used Find My on her iPhone to find Britt Baker. Yeah. And Britt Baker was yeah. in a dumpster. And uh, it really, it was just for Britt Baker to cut a fire promo on uh, Big Swole. And fire Reba and then rehire within the same promo. Yes. Yes. Uh Matt Hardy came out to the commentary desk for reasons. I don't really think he added a lot. The only thing that I thought was of note was he said that uh, Sammy Guevara was going to be able to pick which version of Matt Hardy he faced next week on Dynamite. Uh, Again, a a post-show bit. It's going to be 90s Matt Hardy. I mean, that makes sense. Yes. That's when Sammy was a kid and grew up watching uh, Matt Hardy wrestle. So I think that match could be really good. Yes. Um and then we had best friends against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Really, really fun tag match. There's something incredibly surreal to me. I've seen Chucky e. T battling Chris Jericho on TNT. Like that, <laughs> I, I never thought I'd see that. To like, there's still part of it. It's like, oh yeah, Chuck Taylor, the throws the invisible grenade and makes children cry guy. Like that's yeah, <laughs> that's who he still is to me. Um, and I love Chucky e. T. Like I'm not saying that to to be down on him. Um. But uh, like Trent's a fucking workhorse, man. Oh, he's like I never yeah. watched a lot of Trent 
prior to his signing with AEW. But man, yeah. dude, dude's fucking great. Yes, yes, he is super good, and and he's one of those. I I mean, I'm a broken record here. Him and Scorpio Sky are like one one A of guys who really need like you know substantial elongated singles pushes because yeah they're right at that level they're so ready um so we'll see what happens um uh best friends go over uh with a strong zero on sammy guevara after that after guevara gets tripped up by a camera operator yeah so i i didn't watch this live so i knew what the big reveal was so i was trying to watch for you know any kind of sign uh, as the match was happening. I kept my eyes on that camera person uh, to the side. And, you know, I, I looking at it, knowing I can totally tell that it was him. But if you had no idea it was happening, you wouldn't even be looking at that person. So it worked really, really well when the reveal was that Orange Cassidy was manning the camera the entire time and actually yes. getting some pretty good shots, too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, someone uh, someone on uh, Reddit uh, pointed out that. um at the beginning of the match, you can see yeah. uh, Chucky e. T very quickly wink at the camera guy. Yeah, which yep. just well done, well done. Anyway, which again, taking taken in a regular you know sort of situation, you wouldn't think anything of. No, because you no. know everybody's friends back there. I'm sure, so you know you wouldn't think twice about it. But uh, watching all these little subtle things happen in there, it was uh, it, it was it was really good. It was a good reveal. Yeah. you know Jericho just doing the the turnaround and realizing that it's him. It's pretty great. Yeah, and uh, Jericho just beat the cra- or sorry, uh, Cassidy beat the crap out of Jericho, throwing his amazing Superman punch. It really is just <laughs> hands down the best Superman punch in the business. And uh, it did get announced that officially for Fighter Fest, it will be Chris Jericho versus Orange Cassidy, which means hopefully the dream of Mike Tyson is dead. Yeah, let's 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 pray on that. But I mean, really, I think the the best thing that the Superman punch um, accomplished is that it knocked Chris Jericho back to craft services, which is just where he's been over the past three months. <laughs> the chub of Jericho instead of the list of Jericho. <laughs> the spare tire of Jericho. <laughs> well, the shopping list of Jericho. I think that's what we got now. <laughs> The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J two one N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N seven lowercase C three lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph, he's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is the Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. El Torito brand salsa. The only salsa meant for midgets. It comes with half as much corn, half as many tomatoes, and a half portion of freshly grown bell peppers. Half as spicy as other salsas on the market. El Torito. The only dip worth the chip of the short ones. El Torito.